0: My fellow Ripplers, this is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you. Those that work so hard for your money and you're now ready for your money, start working harder for you today. You want that freedom of cash flow now, not 30 or 40 years from now, but you want it today so that you can live that life that you love with those that you love. But more importantly, guys, it's not just by getting rich. You know that as you get more free, as you create this richness in your life, you can create a rich life blessing the lives of those around you because as you're blessed financially, you have a greater capacity to serve and create a great ripple effect around those that you have in your influence and space. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you allowing me to create that ripple effect for you. You guys have been amazing. You've been binging and sharing on these episodes. Thank you again for doing so. Feel free to leave us a review, especially if you like this episode, do so. If you think it sucks, then just turn it off and go somewhere else. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income, from making at least double-digit returns on your money. And get this, it's only a $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp. does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually earn double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if you want to learn more about that, go check out Secured Investment Corp. Dot com, that's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right, guys. So I'm going to start the show today. I've actually got a special guest here, which funny enough, I got introduced through a mutual acquaintance. And what's interesting is I had just ordered his book uh, just before I got this introduction. So I know that there are no accidents. There, everything happens for a reason. Uh, but Dan Martell here, uh, I've actually read his book, Buy Back Your Time, which I definitely recommend if you're a CEO or any kind of entrepreneur for that matter got to read that book. You got to read it if you want to actually have some sort of freedom versus being in your own entrepreneur rat race. But one thing that's interesting about him, this guy has had startups galore. He's even had investments in things like Udemy and Hootsuite and things like that. Huge, make, making lots of lots of uh, influence in his market. And uh, not to mention, for those of you that are up in, or friends up north in Canada, he's a fellow from British Columbia and Kelowna there. So
1: definitely excited to have you on today, Dan. So welcome to our show. It's an honor, Chris. I'm super pumped. I uh, I love talking about all things money, and I love helping entrepreneurs. So let's make it happen.
0: Let's make it happen. Well, give them those that haven't met you yet. Give them about your backstory because you have a very interesting childhood that kind of created a turn <laughs> kind of almost that chaos moved you into entrepreneurship, <sighs>
1: didn't it? It it's crazy because I think entrepreneurs, some of them are addicted to chaos. You know that's why they're the worst people to work for because they they chase shiny shiny objects and. So it's kind of funny when I look back, cause I'll be honest with you, Chris, like it's, it's kind of like watching a movie because the person that sits here today, you know, multiple exits, you know, nine figure plus empire, it doesn't really compute in my brain that it was the same person that experienced a lot of trauma as a kid. I mean, I grew up in a challenging environment. My mom was an alcoholic. My dad was, uh, in sales traveling a lot, wasn't at home much. I'm the second oldest of four. And, uh, diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11 and put into group homes and foster care when I was 12, 13. So just, just a wild, wild childhood growing up and ended up, you know, getting into drugs and prison twice, uh, once juvenile detention, second, I was an adult prison, even though I was a juvenile, I was about 16 and, um, my life kind of turned around in rehab. So I got released the second time I went to jail into a rehab center where I spent 11 months kind of rebuilding everything, my, my self-worth, my, the meaning that I associated all the bad things that ever happened to me to just build the trust that I'd lost with my brothers and sisters and eventually kind of healed the family. And at the end of that program I was helping Rick, the maintenance guy, clean out one of the cabins. It was built in an old church camp. I found this old computer, 486 computer and a yellow book on Java programming and followed chapter one and got the computer to say, hello world. There was just something about that, that for me, I just, I kind of was like, oh, that's kind of neat and cool. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a secret computer nerd. I don't know. Like I was just trying to grasp on anything at that point. And software became my new addiction, like full on obsessed building apps. Eventually discovered this little thing called the internet this is in 1998. And then personal development kind of became the foundation for everything for me, you know, grow going through 11 months of essentially rehab, personal development, you know, 12 step programs and finding my faith that, that kind of set the stage and I just haven't stopped since, you know, it took me a really like Chris, it took me a freaking embarrassing amount of time to figure out business. But once I did, you know, I wasn't until I was 23, 24, and then it all clicked and, you know, I built an exit my first company when I was 28, became a multimillionaire. Did it again at 32, moved to San Francisco, built a venture back company, exited that, did another one, exited. So, I mean, like in a 10 year period, I sold three companies. It's kind of, it doesn't even sound real. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of my background, but yeah, the thing I'm most passionate about is helping people buy back their time so they can do cooler stuff. That's just, you know, that's why I love your message about passive income and the freedom of today. Don't wait until someday. That's kind of the, the life I live. Yeah. Do you
0: find that a lot when you, when you're working with entrepreneurs and, and business owners, do you see that a lot of them that they think they kind of mistake that hustle is not supposed to be a lifestyle. It's supposed to be a, a temporary season. Right. And and I yeah. noticed that's been a, it's almost like they create their own Rat race that never ends. Like they can never escape it.
1: Yeah, I, I call it. They, 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 they forget that it's supposed to be a sprint within a marathon, not a sprint until you die. Most people are chaos junkies because being somebody that's okay dealing with a huge amount of uncertainty is actually a powerful skill when you're starting entrepreneur land because there's all. That's all you got is uncertainty. You got like, I don't know if this product will work. I don't know if anybody will buy from me. I don't know if that person will work work for me. I don't know if anything's going to work. And it Mm -hmm. turns out to be a superpower until you find a rhythm and things are going good. But most people in business create their own emotional shrapnel. They create all these challenges. I call it throwing hand grenades in their business. When things are actually starting to come together, Then they're like, Oh, I'm going to change my whole product suite, or I'm going to fire half my team, or I'm going to, they just lob these hand grenades into their business and wonder what's going on. And I think that's the evolution, right? In business at each stage, there's different plateaus. You have to develop into the person that can overcome those limitations or what I call complexity ceilings. So yeah, chaos is a big one. And it's, you know, chapter three of my book, the the five time assassins, most people don't have to spend a dollar to get their time back. They're just going to stop robbing it from themselves.
0: And that's one thing I want to bring up because, you know, there's a lot of books out there talking about trying to, you know, free yourself, you know, create more time, create systems and all whatnot. But what I like about your book there is that you really go into like the psychology of why, right? Just like you mentioned here with entrepreneurs that that can handle a certain amount of chaos, sometimes they create it subconsciously, right? Um, Or it's just something they end up doing because they create some bad habits. And, you know, even those that, end up on the weekends and I've seen these guys go into mastermind groups and like they work their tails off to make their multiple seven or eight figure businesses. And then they go drink themselves crazy until they pretty much are passed out for a whole weekend. Right. Tell us more about that. Like what are some of those traps that we create that really is just
1: creating undue stress in our lives? Yeah. I mean, if, if you first, understand that entrepreneurs are addicted to chaos and 70%. it's not, not my number, but like when I'm speaking to an audience of a hundred people and I ask them to raise their hands, if they ever experienced some challenges between the ages of nine and 12, they can usually pinpoint exactly what crazy thing happened to them. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's a great skill when you're starting off. Cause it allows you to deal with a whole lot of uncertainty, but then at a certain point, you got to ask yourself, am I inflicting pain, emotional shrapnel into my life. And usually there's five of these time assassins that I, that I encourage people to consider. Okay. The first one is the staller, the person that, you know, they have opportunities to grow their business, but they stall in decisions. They don't realize an indecision to make a decision is a decision. Mm-hmm. And these are people that opportunities are literally shown up in their lives, but because they, they drag their feet, they go away. Right. So that's the mm-hmm. first, the one, the staller, the second one's a speed demon. This is kind of the opposite, right? We all know those people that are like, need to hire somebody, post on Facebook. First person that responds with a pulse and, and can fog a mirror, cool, you're hired. And then they have to, you know, because they, they live by the, like, I'm a, I am can make decisions fast. And then they got to deal with the downside of that when they hire the wrong people, right? Mm-hmm. The third one is the supervisor. This is a person that hires folks and then does their job for them. I've seen people do this on a daily basis. I'll, t- I'll be honest, I love my wife. But this morning I was like, babes, why did you feed the dog? She's like, "Ah, oh, I know." And I'm like, "Today's not your day. Today's my day." And when you do that, what you told me is if I don't feed the dog, you'll feed the dog. So guess what? You're going to teach me over time not to feed the dog cuz you're going to do it. And then one day you're going to be pissed off cuz everybody's not doing the thing they're supposed to do, but you kind of taught them to not do it. Does that make sense, Chris? Mm-hmm. Like this happens yeah, all the I've time. Done it. Yes. Yeah. We're guilty of it. So this, the supervisors is, is a big one. The, the fourth one is the saver, right? This is literally the person that walks over dollars to save dimes. I see it all the time. I had a friend that had a $2 million uh, mastermind and he was frustrated with the structure and the content, of the curriculum. And he heard that we were doing 2 million a month. And he's like, how are you doing that? And I said, well, I hired this guy, Simon, he, he'll help you solve that problem. And he's like, well, does Simon have a book? I'm like, no, Simon doesn't have a book. Simon's an expert and he don't need more clients. He's busy, but I'll make an intro and I can get you on his list. And he's like, well, let me Google first. He was literally willing to throw away a $2 million mastermind that was frustrating and sucking the life out of him instead of investing maybe 15K, 10K to solve the problem. It's fascinating to me. And then the last one is the self-medicator. This is the person you alluded to. Even when they win, they drink. When they lose, they drink. And if they're lucky, that's the worst part. And they just spend a day or two in bed and hung But worse than that is the ones that create friction. They create challenges. They drink, get in a fight with their co-founder. Uh, they drink, they make a, an inappropriate pass at a coworker. They drink, they get in their car and they get arrested for DUI. Like The amount of my clients, this is fascinating because not a lot, but I'd say probably 7, 8, 10% of my clients that I coach can't go to another country. And I don't ask, but I know why, like, I'm not an idiot. Like they can't come to my Canadian event or this other event. So it's like a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted time sucking challenges because they are a chaos junkie. But if they can work their way through that and create the space, then they can truly buy back their time.
0: And other than awareness, like what can somebody do to
1: really overcome some of these challenges? Therapy. (laughs) That's, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I mean awareness is step 1 is like you know for the first step in 12 steps is like admit you have a problem right so if people are aware they have a problem then what they should then do is find somebody who has the opposite behavior to how they're showing up so if I'm somebody that can't take risk I should find somebody that takes risk in business all the time that I admire and ask them for the way they think right so so all these things are good and bad depending on the context right the speed demon is an incredible skill to have If you have a framework for making decisions so that you're evaluating the different options and and processes and and cost structures and return on investments in real time, right? Like I can make a decision very quickly because I have all these other things in place that allows me to do that. And, you know, seven times out of 10, it's going to get knocked out of the park. And for all those three that get lost, I don't beat myself up for it. So I just think like self-awareness, find yourself other people that have the opposite of yours And then go be willing to do the work. And when I say the work, I mean, all caps, the work, which is the mental game. 90% of success in business is a mental game. Our our results in our, our business life is a reflection of the conversations and the beliefs we have inside of our mind. And to the degree that you're willing to explore that headspace, that most valuable real estate, the six inches between your ears, then you will find opportunities to actually transform the landscape of your business and be way more successful and have more fun at work and communicate more clear and have people that are way more talented. Than you join and stay with your team and help you build your dreams because you've built that internal confidence and, and belief and, and even just energetic, right? Like blissfulness and joy. I mean, these are things that attract other people that are similar and not a bunch of toxic folks. You know, that kind of
0: leads me to another question I had here, because one thing I thought was unique about your approach to this is that so often you have people to say, well, if you want to scale and go big, just hire more people, your methods kind of like, well, maybe not. That may not be your answer. Why is that?
1: Because to me, I think that you can scaling and going big is, is the same. Like, here's what I know. Most people that don't grow is usually because they have a story about what that means, So for example, the other day I was talking to a woman, she wanted to grow her business, but she also had a belief that the more she grew her business, the more weight she would put on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I call that a pain line. If you have a belief fundamentally that the more you grow your business, you're going to put on weight, or the more you grow your business, you're have less time with your kids, or the more you grow your business, your calendar is going to be chaotic. Then there's no way you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, jumping out of bed, excited for the future because you have these subconscious beliefs that are going to be like, driving with the handbrake on right mm-hmm. so my whole philosophy is that we always evaluate our calendar through time and energy because i want to do less of the things that suck my energy less of the things that have a low cost to pay somebody else to do and honestly sometimes paying that money it's not necessarily hiring somebody it's automating something it's deleting something it's using technology right there's four ways to get leverage it's capital code content and collaboration the people side is, is the collaboration, but there's always, you know, capital content and code to be evaluated. And if you can master those four skills, then that's where your leverage is unlimited. Right. And I always joke with people. Like I spend millions of dollars every year to buy back my time. You just met my house manager before we started recording. She literally, I mean, we started the call with a helmet on. Because right? I'm buying a new a carbon helmet for my downhill mountain bike trips. She she deals with all of that stuff, the travel, et cetera. So, like I spend, I have a bunch of people in my life. I hire now I hire CEOs because I buy companies, but these people create space in my calendar so that I can decide what I want to do with my time. And sometimes I just want to lay on my couch and scroll TikTok, Chris, and I do it. I literally I was joking with my videographer the other day. He's like, is crazy. You're like, very effective when you're working. And then when you're off, you can totally just veg and joke and you know, be off. And I go, yeah, I'm a professional chiller. And when I decide I want to get stuff done, please, you know, hold my NA beer because I don't drink, but like, you know, non-alcoholic beer. I'm going to, I'm going to push, I'm going to create. I love that. So if
0: someone wants to break through that, that mental
1: barrier, what, what do you recommend there? start small. So that's the gateway drug of all business growth is getting a virtual assistant. And it's the first in my book, uh, it may not be there, but the replacement ladder is chapter five, Mm -hmm. the replacement ladder is the answer to the question. If I was starting from scratch and I had a little extra money to pay somebody else to be on my team, who would I hire first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Right. And Mm -hmm. the first rung of the ladder is an administrative person, okay? Somebody that can manage your books, can manage your email, can manage your calendar, can purchase things for you, can post on social media, can respond to you know, comments publicly. Yeah, book your travel. Like, dude, I mean, this is blows people's mind. When I go, I just got back from doing an Ironman. I didn't pack my bike and I didn't pack my, my, my suitcase. And people are like, how do you do that? I go, because I invested the time to build an SOP. I have a checklist, I have a picture did it once. I literally packed my stuff. I put it on my bed. I took a picture. I put it in a Google doc. And I said, this is what I need when I'm doing this kind of trip, this kind of trip, this kind of trip. And now for the history of time, as long as I don't need to change anything. And if I do, I just update the document. Everything I put in that photo and the checklist is there will end up in my suitcase. What a crazy idea. So like some people stress themselves out going on a trip to me, getting on a plane. Now I'm lucky. I fly my own plane. I have a, have a jet um, is not I mean, this sounds so freaking douchey, but I <laughs> feel like he doesn't even pack his own clothes and he flies. in pr- I hope people understand. I started, you know, lower than low and, and, and every day I'm like, still can't believe this is my life. But at the same time, I don't take it for granted. And I try to squeeze as much joy out of every second. And it's why I would rather not spend time at an airport and, or pack my own bags. Cause I got two young boys and we, we spent last night, like I'm playing pool with them until they go to bed. I put them to bed every night. I have dinner with them every night. Like I would just rather redeploy my time on things that only I can do this conversation until I can find a generative video bot that can have the exact same conversation, the same energy, Chris, there may be a day where you're not talking to Dan and I'm going to be okay with that. But until that happens, I have a mission I'm on to help people build companies that they don't grow to hate. It requires them to read my book. And I'm going to be the guy pushing that message. So, but anything that doesn't require me, I have no problem spending money to get that time back. That's awesome. I love it.
0: I'm going to switch gears a little bit with you because you mentioned you do do Ironmans, correct? Yeah, uh, I just got done a 70.3 on Sunday. Awesome, cool. We got the half one then. Well, yeah. tell no, me about I've done this. Two like, foals,
1: though. they're they're crazy.
0: Oh no, I mean, I I I quit at the marathon point, and I'm like, I'm done. That's it. Yeah, you know, but uh. Tell me like, what, what have you learned doing those things? Like, I know you do a lot of things with physical health. You do health challenges and stuff as well. What, what is it that you feel like you can take from that place, you know, that, that part of your life and apply it yeah. into your business as well?
1: There, there's so much. I mean, so what I love about training for anything. So like, imagine you're an Olympic gold athlete and you go to the Olympics and people are like, Hey, where's your coach? And you're like, I don't need a coach. Do you know how stupid you would sound? Like, mm-hmm. Most Olympic athletes, any athlete at the highest level, not only has a coach, they have, like I have for my Ironmans, I have my Ironman coach, Scott, and then I have Mark, my, my running coach, I have Paul, my biking coach, I have a swim coach. I mean, because if anything's important to you, you should have somebody that can watch you operate and give you feedback. So right off the bat, when I started doing triathlons, and I and then the the instrumentation of all the devices, like all the computers, I mean it's kind of bananas. But like everything gets recorded and uploaded in this app called Training Peaks, and then my coaches, all of them, can look at they can look at my my strokes per minute on my swim they can look at my strides they can look at my gait they can go, like it's it's crazy the amount of data and then they can create training plans and blocks right where i execute this block they know if i've done it perfectly and then based on that feedback we tweak to see you know is my body responding the right way business right. is no different if you don't have a rhythm for how you operate your business and you have a cadence for you know, certain meetings and the agenda structures and the outcomes and the strategic planning, all that stuff. Then all you're doing is just throwing wet spaghetti at the, the cupboard or throwing darts in the, in the dark. Right. You don't know what's working, right? So to me, that instrumentation part, it taught me a lot. The other thing I would say, and it sounds funny, but you know, one of the things my coach said wants to me says, if you see somebody doing something smart, Ask yourself if you should do the same thing. So for example, when you're on the bike in a Ironman, you're just putting down Watts, you're pushing on the pedals, you're, you're giving it hundred percent and you don't really feel like eating. But the problem is, is that if you don't drink and hydrate, if you don't hydrate and, and feed yourself the nutrition, when you go to run, your legs will spasm and you'll, you, you won't be able to run. So, right. I mean, for example, when I'm on my bike and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm heads down and arrow and I see somebody grab their water bottle and drink, I go, have I drank lately? No, I haven't. I've you know? So it's like, I think oftentimes that idea of like, that's why I love, I mean, I joke with TikTok scrolling, but my TikTok feed is, is banger. I mean, it's literally motivational business strategy, sales content. So I'm always allowing myself to be inspired by my environment of people doing things great. And then I ask myself, how am I doing that at that level? The last thing I'll say is um you know it's just the consistency. People go dude I just Chris I'll be honest with you. When people say to me I don't feel like it or I don't feel motivated, I go too tough luck. Like I don't understand what world you're living in. My motivation and how I feel about something doesn't dictate whether I get up and I do it. If I said yeah. I was going to do it I do it. That's called discipline and discipline will round circles around people and their motivation all day long. Your habits take over when your motivation dies, when your motivation is no longer there, but you have a, a system and a routine and a habit that you've put together where you just wake up and you work out every day. It's like, if you follow me on Instagram, it's sweat every day. I can't remember the last time I went a day without working out. It would be as weird as not wearing pants right now for me. It would just be like, whoa, I didn't work out. I got to go work out. So there's no effort, right? So there's no mm-hmm. motivation. It just becomes an identity, it becomes a habit. And I just think like, I really learned that when I was doing my, my triathlon training, because if you build the foundation and the base around your fitness scores and your health and your, your engine, like you can do a lot of stuff like in training for a full distance Ironman. I think that summer I did like two half Ironmans plus swam almost six miles across the lake. Plus, you know, ran, you know, marathons. And this was just training because that was what was required to do such a massive undertaking. So I just think people don't realize that if you're just consistent and you just do a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit bit every day, and you measure it, you'll wake up one day and you'll just be like, damn, that's crazy.
0: Absolutely. There's little habits that just keep adding up and becomes, like you said, Habit it becomes a part of your identity.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: I've seen that as well with my marathon training as well. And and I love what you say about getting a coach because that's when my game up level even more to get, work up my world rankings. Right. And I kind of, what I heard was this, is that whatever you, whatever you want to master, you want to get a mentor, right? Whatever you want to master, get a mentor, you know, and. Oh, I like that. Definitely. I, borrow I that. that one, Chris. To be true master,
1: that. get a mentor.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, awesome, man. I really appreciate having you on today. This is a, this has been awesome. Best way for people to follow you. What's that?
1: Yeah, so Instagram's my favorite. If people go on Instagram, Dan Martell, Twelda Martell, follow me. And just if you want something cool, I'll just do this for your audience, Chris. Just message me, EA, my executive assistant playbook, EA Chris. You know, mention him, just put that and I'll have my team send that over to you. I just wanna and then my books at buybackyourtime.com and I'm I'm on the internet and all places and damn martel and my YouTube's really banging right now. We're spending a lot of time on some video edits that are pretty cool. All that being said, Chris, I want to encourage people to do two things. One, wake up every day to be the best version of themselves, right? What I call your 10.0 version. Strive for that. And then the same token in that same kind of breath. The second thing is share that process with the world. Share your you're and if that world is your kids or your community or CrossFit gym or your church, whatever it is, just share the process of winning with the world. And I think if you do those two things, you'll live an incredibly fulfilled life.
0: That's the ripple effect we're talking about right there, man. Love it. Awesome. So, well, thank you so much again for your time. Very generous. And definitely we'll make sure to put that in the show notes so people can be sure to follow you and, uh, and definitely get access to your stuff. Cause I'm telling you, it's good stuff. So guys, I would definitely recommend it. So everybody, here's the thing. You can be listening to these podcasts all day long, but until it becomes habitual to the point you actually act upon it, that is when your life begins to change. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer as well. Go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week. We'll see you later.